0: Welcome to another inspiring message from Pastor David Hall, senior pastor of LifePoint Church. For more information, visit our website on www.davidhall.com.au. I want to speak really talking about the idea of living a consistent life. Being people who are consistent. Paul Talked to the believers in the Bible and he said, Don't be blown all around by every wind of doctrine, but be stable in your faith. And one of the reasons that we did a series on the foundations of faith was because part of living a life that's uncomplicated is being grounded in a thorough understanding of the truth of the Bible and that being alive on the inside of your heart and your life, and in your memory. I will say this just as a side thought. Sometimes we can read the Bible and see something and it sort of bypasses our brain and we read it and go, yeah, that's good. And months later when we start facing something, a scripture that we read and glossed over, although maybe it didn't land in our mind in a profound way, every time we read this, it lands in our spirit. And uh, and it's amazing how God can just bring that to our memory and And the truth is, I believe that a consistent life comes from living by the word of God. A consistent life is the character and the nature of Jesus. And and I want to talk firstly about a man in the Bible by the name of James. James, the half-brother of Jesus, the biological son of both Joseph and Mary, he grew up with Jesus. And it's interesting that he never got saved, so to speak, while living with Jesus, while while Jesus was alive. It wasn't until, although he was risen, it wasn't until he was risen, and somewhere, somewhere between the ascension of Christ and the and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he came into a, into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. It must be a bit strange giving your heart to your brother, you know? Yes, I give my life to you, bro. And uh, but but he did he surrendered his life to Jesus Christ and, and isn't it amazing that growing up being the half brother of Jesus, it's amazing that Jesus in his consistency in who he was managed to live the kind of life that when watched by a brother who didn't know God, that, that, that didn't necessarily embrace him as the Christ, watched this life and there was nothing in the life of Jesus that put him off ever bowing his knee. I mean Jesus must have been some kind of guy that even his brother would accept that's God. And you know, for me, that's a charge to us as Christians to make sure for our families that we're not living one thing in church and going home and being the devil with our mum and dad or with our brother and sister. Young people, when you come to youth, if God's touching you, make sure your parents know that God's touching you by the way you talk to them, by the way you live and by the way you function. Because if we represent Jesus well, people are going to want to know what it is that has changed our heart and changed our life. Do you believe that tonight? and I want to have a look at this and and before I get too into the life of James I want to just remind us of a couple of scriptures firstly in Hebrews 13.8 the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever Malachi chapter 3 verse 6 God says for I am the Lord I do not change or if you're old school I change not but when you read this The powerful thing about this is one of the absolute attributes of God is that God doesn't change. He is what we call immutable. Somebody say immutable. The word immutable means he doesn't change. What he did 2,000 years ago, he can and will do today. When he healed then, he heals now. When he delivered then, he delivers now. He hasn't suddenly changed. What he did do, he can do. What he did do, he wants to do because Jesus Christ doesn't change. Jesus is consistent. Jesus was always radical. He was crazy in some of the... He was unpredictable, yet consistent. He never wavered in his testimony. His methods changed. One minute, is he's, he's, he's literally making mud by spitting in dirt, sticking it in people's eyes, getting them healed. And he didn't... Just, that wasn't the ministry that he did every other time. Another time, a guy was blind. He didn't do that at all. He just said... Your faith has made you well, with Bartimaeus. So he responded differently to the needs of people. He didn't always do things the same. So it wasn't about rigid routine, but he was consistent. Yeah. He was always love. God is love. He was love. He always will be love. God doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change. And it doesn't mean being consistent doesn't mean just having an even keel and being boring and predictable. I reckon you can be spontaneous. I don't reckon. I believe you can be spontaneous and, and radical and, and, and try trying daring things and believing in God. But at the same time be anchored in character and integrity and being all that God wants wants us to be and do in Jesus' name. The private life of Jesus was watched by his brothers. And I want to have a look at Brother James. He wasn't a believer until the resurrection, but he was in the upper room, so he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. In fact, he became the head of the Jerusalem church. And Galatians 2.9 talks about him as being a pillar of the church. I love that he's full of the Spirit, but he's a pillar. You know, I've sort of grown up in a world where you either had real Holy Ghost churches or you had consistent churches. And I've come to the conclusion that if somebody's weird when they've got the Holy Spirit, it's because they were weird before they had the Holy Spirit. I just feel like, why should why should people hang their weirdness on the Holy Spirit of God? I think when the Spirit of God comes upon you, he, He's a spirit of wisdom. He's a spirit of revelation and knowledge. He guides us. He helps us. And so if I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I'm weird, I don't believe that's the Holy Spirit spirit, I believe that's the flesh and we're just veiling that in some kind of spiritual thing. And so he was filled with the spirit, but he's called the pillar of the church. He wrote the book of James and it's interesting, the book of James is known as the Proverbs of the New Testament. It's a powerful book. If, I, I just read, when, when I was preparing this, I just read through the book of James and just picked a few things out. There was so much more in it. But you could see the, the depth of consistency and wisdom that was in the life of James when you had a look at this. And I want us to turn to the book of James. James is a tricky one to find. It's somewhere near the back. You'll find that the book of James is immediately after the book of Hebrews. It's a slightly bigger book, so if you find that, just keep going. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 2 Is a good good read, but James, (laughs) James chapter one, verse two, this is what James writes. He said, my brethren, my brothers, my people, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. I want to just show you real quick, just a bit of a snapshot of this book, a thumbnail or a highlights reel, if you will. We see here James talks about consistency and double-mindedness. Mind, double In James 1.12, he says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. He's talking about internal conviction. James 1.19 talks about self-control. He says, Be swift to hear, slow to speak, And slow to anger. I've found I'm very slow to hear. I can be swift to speak. And I can be quick to anger. Because when we're not people who, I'm not saying I can be, I'm saying we all can be. I'm quite amazing. With with my levels of self-control, it's unbelievable. I will say this. He's he's advocating overcoming double-mindedness. Being people of internal conviction people of self-control. James 1.22, he says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. In other words, walking the walk. James 17 to 20, he talks about faith without works is dead. He's talking about backing up your faith with action. Then he gets into in, in chapter 3 and verse 2 through 6, he starts talking about taming the tongue and how our tongue is this tiny rudder that turns a whole ship. I don't know about you, but I thank God that when he baptized me in the Holy Spirit, the thing that he took control of and I still need to bring under subjection is my tongue because I know that when I'm unruly with my mouth I'm unruly in every area of my life but when he has control of my mouth he has control of my life and can I tell you we've got to look at some of that on a side note because I'm just building a picture but we need to start speaking things into being by faith and declaring things claiming the word of God declaring it over our life and realizing that when we speak the word of God man I feel the Holy Ghost on this when we speak the word of God things can begin to happen see words were never given to us for the sake of communication the first time we ever see words in history used was for creation words create our life they create what God wants to do in our life and we need to start speaking over things and declaring things speaking to sickness in the name of Jesus speaking to problems in the name of Jesus Speaking life, some of us are so negative. Some of us speak such terribly negative things, and wonder why life isn't being what God's called it to be. We need to sh- we need to have a shift in our mouth and begin to speak life in Jesus' name. I'm going to preach some of that stuff in the weeks to come, and, and that was so. So he's talking about uh, the power of words and overcoming, and having discipline in our mouth. Then he says in James three eleven, to bitter and sweet come from the same fountain, the same opening?" In other words, he's saying you can't be both. Is saying be people of integrity. Then he says in James 4 verse 6, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. He's talking about humility and overcoming pride. James 4.7, submit to God and resist the devil. He talks about submission to God. James 4.8, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Connecting with God. James 4.13, don't boast about tomorrow. In other words, don't talk things up. He's just an even keeled guy. I just love this. He's saying, don't, don't talk things up. Don't count your chickens. Just let's see what happens. And if it happens, rejoice. But don't, you know. And you know the truth is, if you get saturated in James, there's wisdom and there's grace of God all through it. It'll nourish your soul. And, and then he says, James, James 5, 7, Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. So talking about just being people of patience. James 5, 9, don't grumble against one another. He said, don't bag each other behind their back. James 5.14, if anyone among you is sick, call the elders of the church. He he believes in teaching us to pursue pastoral care and pursue the miracle power of God. James 5.19, he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death. He's talking about evangelism. It's very evident and clear here in the Bible that he was a person of stability in God and in life. I look at these virtues and think, I can have a simplified life if I ask God to help me be a person who is consistent. Yeah. Somebody say consistent. I don't know about you, but it is in I'm, I'm one of these people that I guess people have different personalities and I don't love personality. You know, you're this personality, you're that, because I think, you know, the Bible talks about the devil being the accuser of the brethren, which comes from the original language, comes from the word "categorio," which means to categorize people and tell people you're that. And I'm not going to have someone tell me what I am. I am whatever he tells me I need to be to do what he's called me to do. But by nature, I've got a bit of a sanguine personality and I can be, yeah, this is awesome. Oh, this is terrible. This is the best. Oh, this is... (laughs) All sometimes within the same 15-minute cycle. And I say all that to say, to say this when you work a job that is so hinging on other people you can find that I find in my life I'm spinning 50 different plates most of them are spinning but some of them are falling off they're breaking and I'm trying to keep that going fixing that one and, and making it all work and the point that I'm trying to make is I have an obligation before God to hold my ground and be faithful to God, be consistent, and hold on to God. Because I don't know about you, I I feel like, especially as Pentecostals, that you, you know, you don't want to be the one in your family that is the one that's living from miracle to miracle, from crisis to crisis. I want to be the person providing miracles for others and and seeing victory for being consistent, consistent in my worship, consistent in my church attendance, consistent in my relationships. You know, I always find it a bit scary when somebody has the same has a new. Baby Friend every week. I I always find that a a symptom of something. I think, come on, no, I want to have the same friends for the long haul serving God and seeing God do something. How do we become consistent? How do we become consistent? Let's have a look at Luke chapter 9. Is this helping anybody tonight? Good practical. Teaching that, that I believe can help us if we let God work on our lives. I would love Life Point Church to not be known for the great prophetic words that people give, not to be known for for being a church that you know has has the gifts but not the fruit. I want to see the fruit working in our life. I want a church that's long-term that outlasts today. Where you know, I think about this, Pastor George, this building built in nineteen. 19- Hundred and I what year was born? Nineteen ten. So hundred and five years old. Ann Reynolds was telling me she went and did some research on the history of this building. And this building was built by a guy who had some money and he had no church for his wife so he built this church and it, and, and it was a congregational church and built this church and for this area this was like the this was the sticks back in the day I mean this was a long way out of town Melbourne Street was like oh it was a trunk call back in those it was a, you had to get a homing pigeon but anyway I don't want to get buried in stupidity I want to just get this out and tell you that this church was built for, for a wife by a husband and when they built this church correct me if I'm wrong They built this church to be a church that would be full of young people that would have a strong kids ministry and what I've been told historically even when the Italian church were here when Hope Church had been here and the churches throughout the years this church has always had a strong number of young people and you know something this was built because it's been, this place has been consistently outworking what God's called it to outwork and I pray whatever happens in here that this would always be a place where young people find God and old people young at heart whatever that uh, find Jesus get filled with the spirit find life. And find hope. You know, Life Point Church is one church. I would love us to be known as a church that are consistent people. I feel like for the first few years of our church, we had some crazy people join our church. I mean, we had some crazy people. I remember one night coming to church, it was a very early night in our church, and and, uh, my dad was preaching, and I had this guy lean over to me and he said, Spiders come out of my hair. I was like, Jesus, Jesus. So I got some more teen and sprayed him down. Not, I didn't really spray him, but I remember we had some crazy people, and for for a while there, we were known as a pretty out there church. And and I feel like now, as we've grown and matured in God, there's a consistency. There's only been a few spiders coming out of people's hair, and that was out of Nathan Hull's hair just recently. And his armpit. Anyway, sorry. That's but you know that's silly. Sorry, that's silly. But I want us to be known, having just made that joke, as a church that this church would be a Church that is consistent. That that when people come and, and come to life point, we're, they, they, we're not a people that are blown around by the wind and getting it, but we'd be people consistent whose hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, built on the cornerstone of God. Thank you. Luke chapter 9. Verse 23 says, Then he said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Daily. Somebody say daily. I really do believe that what we do daily has an incredible impact on our walk with God. I want to challenge people because... Because I think this is a challenge that we all do need to have. Let me ask you daily. I'm not talking about weekly on a Sunday. Daily, are you spending time with Jesus? Daily, are you in God's word? Daily, are you in prayer? What has God spoken to you about this week? You know, for some, the last thing you heard from God was a sermon you got last week. And if you're living from sermon to sermon, you have a very malnourished relationship with God. Now, I'm not in any way trying to convict or, 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 or in any way come across judgmental. But you know, the the beauty of a relationship with God is not what you get from church. Really, it's what you bring to church. And if you come full, if you come having heard from heaven, spending time with God, when's the last time you spent time praying and seeking God? When's the last time you spent time in prayer saying, Lord, would you do something for our city? God, touch my family. There are things you are believing God for that aren't happening because you're not spending the time in prayer to see that thing come to pass. You know, we used to... Growing up, I, I was in a church where we would—we were told all the time, "You got to pray it through. You got to pray it through." There's some things you got to, there's this, there's this thing called warfare in the heavenly realm where we have to take some time and win some victories and, and fight the fight of faith. And I'm not talking about getting weird and saying that's a territorial demon over there and, you know, his name's Jethro, we've got to get rid of him. I mean, some people get a bit spooky, but I do believe that there are times where our prayer life needs to be more than, dear Lord, bless his food and bless it to our bodies. I think it needs to be, Father, what would you have me do? Speak to my life, my ears are open, my heart is open, read god 's word give him time to talk to you some of us we don't have time for God to talk to us I tell you it is so easy to, to to go to Instagram or Twitter or facebook or or whatever you want to call it I just think we need to spend time in the Bible and can I can I be a bit old school I reckon if, if your Bible is just on your iPhone I know that's I know that's still the Bible but there's nothing like an old school Bible that smells like a Bible that opens to the right places where you can scribble on it and and just make notes. i read some of my notes. I don't even know what they say, but I know that was powerful. <laughs> it's nothing worse than when you're preaching from handwritten notes and you don't know what they say. You've just got to hope for the best. Today we're going to have from, 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 from Jesus. <laughs> but get this thing inside of you. Have a vibrant, consistent relationship with God. Because let me tell you, if you want to look at an inconsistent Christian, you're looking at a Christian that's not spending time in the Bible. It's true. The grass withers, the flower fades, the Bible says, but the word of God stands forever. I can tell you right now that if you are all a spirit person, I've had people say, I'm a spirit person, I'm not really a word person. If you're all spirit, you'll go crazy. You'll go crazy. I've met those people. Spiders come out of their hair. And let me tell you, you're talking to a, a holy roller, man. You put me in a revival. Man. Do you know, I, I had such an awesome experience. I was in Queensland. Pastor George, Pastor Sophie, Pastor Keith, Pastor Wendy were at the conference as well. It was a national pastor's conference of the Assemblies of God. and. Yeah. I don't know if Pastor George just got down there early, but he was definitely at the front of an altar call for young adults on, on th- Friday, Thursday night. I looked over, there's all these young adults, and there's Pastor George under the anointing of God. And you know something that I love about him, and I hope you realize that I'm the same, is if the anointing of God's flying, I want the anointing of God. Yeah. But can I say something? It's got to be balanced, the anointing and the Word. If you have just the Spirit, you'll blow up. If you have, not because the spirit will blow you up, but you've got no wisdom to deal with what God's given you. And if you've only got word, 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 no Holy Ghost, you dry up. Yeah. But when you've got the word and the spirit, you grow up into maturity in God. Yeah. And, and this, is, this is practical, but I really do believe God's wanting to raise up in our church a consistent oh, yeah. people. Right. I'm Blessed by my own preaching right now. Just yeah. I feel like God's talking to me about this, 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 and this, and this. I've been in this whole thing of church for so long. I'm a young man trapped in an old man's body. I've had people come up to me and say all kinds of things. I've had people go, people don't understand my anointing. <laughs> oh, why not? Because we understood the anointing on Jesus. I really do believe the anointing. We need to walk with an even keel. Let's not celebrate weird. Let's celebrate consistent. Let's not, let's, you can't build unless we build with consistency. And I'm looking at our church and I'm just seeing such a healthy consistency in our giving, in our attendance, in the bringing of people consistently week in, week out. We have got visitors coming Every week to church, and, and I don't believe it's a coincidence. I believe God's starting to trust us with greater and more. Why? Because we're pushing into church and saying, God, we want pushing into God and saying we want to be a consistent church and see you do something. But I don't want a revival that comes and goes. I want us to have the spirit of revival in the hands of diligent people who are active, disciplined, hardworking people who love God and have their own relationship with Jesus. If if your relationship with God is just my preaching and a Sunday. you, You need more than that. You need so much more than that. There was five foolish, five wise virgins in the Bible. The five foolish didn't have enough oil. The five wise had plenty. And the five foolish wanted to borrow. The oil from the five wise. And can I say, we can't live. What I'm giving you is borrowed oil. Sure, God will speak to you. And God gives me a word for the house to bring direction and, 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 and whatever. You know, I feel like God's saying. But the truth is, if all you're living off is what I'm saying, you're living off borrowed oil. And I'm not saying God can't minister to you in church. I believe it's the primary place. But I am saying, you've got to get your own oil. And what you do daily, I believe taking your cross up daily. Is such a powerful principle for us to serve God and see God do something. How do, we, how do we build consistency in our lives? Number one, in our character. Somebody say character. Jesus is known as the solid rock, He's known as the capstone. I never knew what a capstone was, but the capstone is that stone that sits in an arch and holds it together. He's known as the cornerstone, He's known as the stone that the builders rejected. He's known as the rock of ages. If Christ was consistent, we should demonstrate his character in us. It's practical. It is a discipline issue. For some of us, the reason we didn't go to church this morning was because we went to bed at three o'clock. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm just glad you're here. And I'm, that's not an issue. I'm not saying you have to come to every service, but I am saying, let's not just live and sort of flow with whatever we want to do. Let's still be people who, a disciplined in our walk with God and say God, we want to do that. We build a life that 's so busy and crazy we do everything we want to do rather than having some structure in our life. Let me tell you, it'll help you. I'm not the most structured person. You ask any one of the staff. But at the end of the day, I know where my weaknesses fall and I know the strengths that I need to lean on. But I also still know that I have to be a person of integrity and get things done and be what God's called me to be. And I want to encourage you in this place, let's be people who pursue and say, God, give me help to be consistent. Maybe your emotions are everywhere. Ah, Just hear this. Can I say as a Christian, Let's not be moody. You know, there's nothing more confusing to me than someone who's up one week, yeah, woo, up the back. The next week, yeah. Got to come back and say, God, maybe it's a lot of this and not enough of this. <laughs> let's be consistent. In our relationships. number two, let's not be hot or cold and into someone, away from someone. Oh, they're great this week. No, they're idiots this week. Let's be consistent. Keep our friends. Treasure the people around. Can I say, if you've got a friend that says, you know what? I was thinking maybe you should work on this. Faithful little wounds of a friend. Don't cut someone because they don't agree with you. Let iron sharpen iron. You'll become a better you. Some of my best friends have said to me, bang. And you're like, mm. All right. Forges something in you. If you're big enough to receive the wounds of a friend, you'll grow. Consistent. Somebody say consistency. Third way we demonstrate consistency is in our walk with God. It says this in Acts 2.46. They continued daily. Somebody say daily. Somebody say daily. I want to just say this one more time. That what we do daily has a great impact on our future in God. Daily. Somebody say daily. They continued daily in one accord. Hebrews thirteen, oh sorry, three thirteen says, exhort one another daily. Psalm five three, my voice shall you hear in the morning. We see here they continued daily in one accord, consistent unity. They exhorted one another daily, consistent encouragement. My voice shall you hear in the morning, consistent prayer. Luke eleven three, give us this day our daily bread, consistent devotion. Ecclesiastes 11.6, in the morning sow your seed, consistent faith, love your neighbor as yourself, that's every day, every moment, consistent love, consistent kindness, Hebrews 10.24, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together, consistent church attendance, can I tell you, I'm telling you all this, not because... Not because I feel like there's an inconsistency issue in our church. I think you're amazing. Donna and I are constantly amazed at the privilege that we get to pastor this church and, and lead this church. And maybe, but I say all that to say this, that as a church, consistency is something we need to get into the soul of who we are as a church. That we are people who are, our Christian faith is consistent. Our witness is consistent. You know, I used to, growing up, get all upset because my testimony was pathetic. I had a friend who's gone to be with Jesus now, but he was the leader of the Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan! I mean, of all things you want to be the leader of, that's probably not the ideal choice. He gets radically saved, born again, and then he preaches healing and reconciliation and becomes an evangelist. Yeah, my father was an alcoholic. He was this crazy mess and God saved him out of the world. I look at different people who, you read the story of Nicky Cruz and David Wilkerson, Who he was a gang leader and David Wilkerson from the hills of Virginia or somewhere, goes into Manhattan to plant a church, starts Teen challenge, starts a church and goes in there into the middle of gang warfare, leads them all to Christ and has one of the great churches, he's going to be with the Lord now, but the longest running Broadway show is Times Square Church in New York. I say all that to say I used to think, man, my testimony's weak. I don't I don't have, I was raised in a Christian home and then I went to church, had an encounter with God at a youth camp and pretty much everything went along as it had been going ever since. I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, Yeah, you might not have that kind of testimony, but there is still something powerful about keeping your testimony you know, I want to talk to some of you today when it comes to consistency. It's all well, well and good to have, have a testimony. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Let's not just have a testimony. Let's keep our testimony. Because people can see the value of what God's done in your life. The power of being constant. The power of holding your ground and saying, God, I'm going to serve you with wisdom. I'm going to serve you with consistency. When it comes to your workplace, don't go from job to job to job to job to job. You know, let's, not, let's not be people who are just on a new thing, on a new crusade every week. I Meet people who every two years, they go to another church. They go to another church. They go to another church and they say, oh, our moment's coming. God's about to use us." I think maybe if they'd say planted five churches ago, their moment, that'd be, you know, are you following what I'm saying? They go, they go, they go, they go establish roots in all of our lives be people who are consistent not blown around but solid as a rock you know my hero in the world is pastor andrew evans he's my hero (laughs) but i just watch him that's what i've learned from him be consistent i watched him at a prayer meeting one night about a thousand people at this prayer meeting And the band are going, rah, 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 rah. Everyone's going, rah, 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 rah. He wasn't even in charge. He just walks up. My friend was running this prayer meeting and he says, can I say something? And absolutely. So he gets up and he goes, what you're saying is wonderful. But why don't we take a minute and get our eyes on Jesus? Because he's the one we're talking to. Father in Jesus. And you felt it lift. But Andrew Evans is not the world's greatest orator. Why has he changed this state and this nation? Consistency. And can I tell you, I've met a lot of people who have got talent, who have got gifts, but the ones that go the distance, and I haven't gone the distance, I want to go the distance, but the ones that go the distance are the ones who are consistent. God's building this place, but I want to just put a charge to all of us today. Let's ask God to help us be faithful consistent people in every area of our life and watch what God will do. Can we give the Lord a hand of praise?